if you or your kids want to do the slip and slide, bring appropriate attire for that and uh, a towel. But everything else, all the food and you know all that good stuff will be um, supplied. It's just it's just a way for us to have a fa- a family picnic. And so it's next Sunday, right after church. Um, you're allowed to wear shorts to church next Sunday. I'm saying that because I'm going to give myself permission to wear shorts. So, uh, so yeah, so next Sunday, that's going to be a good time. And then I, I want us to pray this morning. Um, most of you guys probably know in the news that there's some junk that's happening today in Washington, D.C. And so um, a year ago, yesterday, there was a, um, Charlottesville, Virginia, West Virginia, Help me out. Who knows? Charlottesville. There was a march for white pride with by a bunch of morons. I'll just leave it at that. And people died. It got violent and people died. And so that was yesterday. Well, that same group is marching on Washington, D.C. today. And so they are, the um, authorities are geared up and, and prepared. So they're anticipating problems. And uh, we have a God that could come in and take care of that stuff. And we have a God that does not like that stuff. That's anybody who claims to be in a relationship with God and have that attitude, I'm just, I don't get very political, but I'm going to get political. It's a bunch of crap. And there's no place in God's kingdom for, for racial tension, for hate, and for all the junk that's going on. God says if we pray and we humble ourselves, he'll heal our land. You guys know this scripture in Chronicles. And so I think we just need to pray. We need to pray God's kingdom will come today in Washington, D.C. So will you join with me? So Father, God, you are holy. You are good. You're a healer. Lord, as, as we've worshiped you this morning, we've said that you make things new just out of dust. Lord, we pray that your kingdom will come today in the United States, Lord. God, we pray against the, the just the devil's schemes to bring separation and tension and division in our country. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit will come in such a way, flood, flood what's taken place in Washington, D.C., Lord. God, God, we just ask that you would wipe that away, remove that hate, and show your love in that place today. Lord, we pray against the evil that wants to take place in our country. And Lord, we offer this to you. And we just say this, what we can do, Lord, is we can say, God, we humble before you and say, we need you to intervene in this situation. So just as a group of people, Lord, we are praying in in unity, saying that we stand against this hatred. We love you. We love people, all people. And Lord, we want to see you heal our land of, of just of this situation, this problem that we have. Lord, we thank you because you do make things new. We thank you for what will take place today through you. Amen. Okay. That one's done. Be praying. This is, I mean, the news will share what's taking place today. So if you did not know about it, that's what's happening. Um, So... Joe and Ashley and I were two weeks in Russia. We just got back Monday afternoon. Um, we're 90% finished with the, the uh, jet lag. Um, I think some slides are going to start showing of the trip. It was, I would say, this is going to be a problem today, David. 
I would say it was, uh, I had the most fun going to Russia on this trip. Um, It's my fourth time, and I came back just so excited for what God's doing in Russia and what God allowed us to be a part of over the the course of these couple weeks. And and if you don't know, we at Branches are are part of a, a partnership of churches in the United States that are committed to helping support and and grow and encourage the Russia Vineyard Churches. And so in, in Russia, there's eight vineyard churches amongst a massive amount of land, and so it's very small. Russia is probably not uh, labeled this, but it's an unreached people group. It, it has been, the, the, the curtain has been lowered to where God is not allowed in that country. And there, there's a form of God, but, but Jesus Christ, his freedom, God's kingdom is not, has not been allowed in Russia. And it's just a glimpse of that is happening now. And, and there's, there's actually a sense that, that that opportunity, that doorway is starting to close again just because of the political environment in Russia. And so, so we have just been able to go into Russia. And as a church, we, we give money every, every month, right? We give money that supports the churches in Russia. Um, and we've been invited to come to Russia as often as we can and just build relationships, encourage, equip, and love the, the Christians in Russia. And so this, this trip, we went to Siberia, which is like Russia nowhere. And, um, and we, um, the premise of this trip was to build relationships with the teenagers of the Russia churches. Because in, in, in the churches in Russia, there's, there's no, they, they just have no structure for youth ministry, for raising up, for equipping, for discipling the teenagers. And so they, they've been asking us, could you come and bring some teenagers and do something to encourage our teenagers? Just let our teenagers know they're not alone in this world, that there's other Christians in this world. There's other family members of God that love them and want to encourage them. So we took a team of eight, and there was five teenagers on our, on our team. And we went, and, um, and we went on a five-day rafting trip in on the Mana River, which is in Siberia. And literally, we took an old Russian bus. You might have seen a picture of a bus. We got dumped off 150 kilometers up the river. We unloaded these rafts, which were in bags, and we built our boats to travel on for five days. And so we pumped up those tubes. We bolted the frames together. We lashed the frames to the tube with the ropes. The blue thing in the middle is a dry bag. All our equipment and everything went into that bag, and we shoved off, and we did 150 kilometers, which is right about 100 miles, down the river for five days, and it was an incredible time. And so we built these boats, and then on the first day, we shoved off. And as we shoved off, some things started to unfold about our boats. There was three boats. There was 30 people. So there was eight Americans, 22 Russians. On each boat, we had, on my boat, there was three of us Americans and three on another boat, two on another. The rest were Russians. And out of the 22 Russians, maybe half spoke English. Maybe. Um, it was at least a 50-50, if not skewed more towards the majority did not speak English. And so we had communication issues and we had... We had working together issues, and we had to figure out how to, as a team, paddle this boat and make our our destination five days later, 150 kilometers down the river. And so as our boat set out, some things unfolded, 
And what it did for me is God started to say to me, Tom, pay attention to what's happening in these certain situations. And I I started to think about how Jesus, in his parables, I, I believe that like, you know, when Jesus was, says, you know, I am the vine, you are the branches. I, I, I get this picture that Jesus was walking in a, in a field with his disciples and he, he took an everyday situation and said, here, let me, let me give you this picture that you fully recognize and then let me tell you what it means spiritually, what it means in my kingdom. And so as we were going down the river rafting, these kind of things started to come to me where God just started saying, you know, as a situation would happen, hey, pay attention because this, this is my kingdom or pay attention because this is my church. And, and it kind of lays the foundation for what I wanted to share with you guys this morning. What, my hope this morning is that it's an encouragement. It's, it's an encouragement to evaluate where you're at and, to, and to, to make adjustments if necessary. And an encouragement for those of you guys that are just are, are rocking and rolling with what God's called you to do. And so one of the things I realized is that uh, there's a couple statements. First is that I've been gone for two weeks. And in the two weeks that I was gone, this church still happened. And that means that there's a group of people in this church that have taken up um, certain roles and positions to continue the vision and the work of what Branches Vineyard Church is. And I, and it, it's exciting to me that this doesn't all run because I'm here. And if it did, we would have a problem. And if it ever becomes a case where this church is running because Tom, then as a church, you guys have the responsibility to sit me down because we are God's family. We're all called to play a part in his work. And this church did that over the past couple of weeks. So it gave me a picture that what I'm sharing today, we're already doing in part. So, so we, have to, we have to take some and, and, and spit some out. Um, secondly, with, with today's message, I, I feel like, um, you know, t- we start school on Tuesday. We've been doing this week shopping for school supplies and stuff for our kids. And I feel like we're entering into a new season of life. And I love that. I love that we can go through seasons and after three or four months, the season changes because sometimes seasons are rough. And it's nice to just shift gears and get into a new season. Um, sometimes seasons are good, but they come to an end. And, and so this new season that we're entering into with school, in a month or so our life groups here at Branches will start up, youth ministry will start up in a month or so, I, I look at it as this is a good opportunity for us to evaluate just what part are we playing to see Branches Vineyard Church move forward and bring people into relationship with Jesus and, and see God's kingdom come to Warsaw. And so that's kind of the foundation, the premise of, of what I want to share this morning. So, so let me share what took place the first day that we started rowing. And my, my boat was 10 people. And like I said, there was three Americans. And the setup of our boat was, um, our captain was named Genya, and he was in the back corner of the boat with an oar in his hand. I was in the very front corner of the boat, same side as him. And we're basically, I don't know if, those, if we could show those pictures of the boat, you're sitting on top of those tubes and you're just kind of straddling those tubes or hanging out on top of those tubes. You can see how, how that's actually in the front corner. So that's Genya in the back right there. You can see the little guy in the front. His name is Daniel, 10 years old, weighed about 70 pounds, okay? Um, and in our back corner, this was after we made some adjustment, but in the other back corner, there was a guy. He's the one that was sleeping on our boat right there who he determined he wasn't going to do anything for the entire week to help the team. 
26-year-old man-child who came on the rafting trip. <laughs> this guy had me frustrated the entire week. I had, I was, I had pre, what's it called when you plan a murder? Premeditated some pastoral care on this guy. Um, so what happened was this guy sat in the back and he wore jeans and really nice t- tennis shoes the whole week and he was committed to not getting them wet but he was on a five-day rafting trip in Siberia. So here's what happened with our boat as we started going down the river. We started doing circles because myself and Zhenya were the most powerful rowers on the boat and the other side had a 10-year-old boy that was learning how to row. And so we would get grinding in with the paddle and the boat would start doing circles. And the problem was the minute our boat would start to shift this way, I was a lot heavier than everybody else on the boat. Go figure. The boat was leaning like, you know, the nose was down. So as soon as it started shifting, it would just dig in and send us into spins. And we were just struggling to make any headway down this river. Now, the river was um, at times, you know, six, eight feet deep. Most of the time, it averaged two to three foot deep. And then at times, it got into inches. And so our goal was to keep the boat facing forward, moving forward, and to navigate through the, you know, away, away from the shallows and into the deep area so we can continue to head down this river. We found ourselves at times running aground, you know, in two inches of water because it would just come up on us and we, you know, we had misread the river. So the very first day, what takes place is we have our first time where we, where we get stopped by the bottom of the river. And you get, you know, as you're, as you're coming along the raft, you would start to hear it start to scrape the rocks. There was a rocky bottom and then, and the, the scrape would get louder and then you would just come to a stop. And so this first time we came to a complete stop and three of us, Zhenya, myself, and, the, and Daniel, the, the young boy, jumped off the boat and started to try to tug the boat into deep water, and it wasn't moving. It just wasn't going to go anywhere. And so I said, hey, everybody, let's get off the boat and start pulling. And the other seven people stared at me like, we don't want to get wet. And I'm thinking, we're on a five-day rafting trip. We're an hour into it. You're going to get wet come on, and we keep trying to tug the boat, and nobody's moving. And so I said, everybody get off the boat now! They knew I was serious. They quickly peeled their shoes off and their socks, and they jumped in and helped us move the boat out into deep water. And I was a little bit ticked off. (laughs) I was frustrated. And we got into deep water, and we started paddling again. I got back into my seat, and God said, pay attention. This is my church. And it hit me that, wow. God's called every single person to be a part of his church, to be active in his church. And less than 30% are doing it. And the rest are sitting watching everybody else do the work. That sounds harsh, doesn't it? It's what God told me. This is my church. Pay attention, Tom. And I realized that on the boat, there was three people. There was... There was a couple of us that we were rowing hard. We were trying to get the boat going in a direction. We had a kid who had taken up the vision that I want to row this boat hard also. He didn't know what he was doing. By the second or third day, this kid knew what he was doing. He had developed himself as a rower that as the boat shifted his way, he knew to start paddling hard to correct the boat. As the boat shifted the other way, he knew to dig his, his oar in and, and, and help out. 
And I watched this kid in the course of the week develop himself to where he was actually a vital member of the rowing of that boat. And then the third person we had on the boat was a couple people that just decided they were going to sit and go along for the ride. And unfortunately for our boat, one of them was an able-bodied person, and it was, it was extremely frustrating to me to watch this guy watch us as we rode, and he took a lot of naps. He was well-rested in five days, and it was really frustrating to where the pastoral side of me kicked in on the last day we got stuck. And I said, everybody off the boat, including all the men. And I look at him. He didn't speak English. His girlfriend translated what I said to him because she spoke English. And he still didn't get off the boat. As everybody jumped off the boat, he crawled up onto the pack to, to dry safety to watch us pull the boat out of the ground. And I decided the next time we get stuck, this is because I'm a loving person. I said, the next time we get stuck, I'm going to say to him, hey, Maxime, give me a hand. And as he reaches out to give me a hand, I'm going to act like I'm slipping. I'm going to drag his butt into the water and dunk him under and say, now that you're wet, now that your precious shoes are wet, you're going to help us the rest of the day. That's what I decided to do. (laughs) Luckily, I didn't get to show pastoral care to Maxime that day. Um, But this was the picture that God was saying, pay attention. Pay attention because I've called my church into action and a lot of people are sitting on the boat while a small amount are rowing. And so the title for this morning is Teamwork and it's just an encouragement for you to say, are you part of the team? And what are you doing with the team? What happened was as the week progressed, we made adjustments. After the first day, Jenny and I got together and said, we need to make some adjustments. Him and I moved to the back corners of the boat, which shifted the weight of the boat. And we understood, him and I understood how to paddle and how to steer the boat. And so then we encouraged others to take places and turns rowing at front. And we got to where we can row pretty good and we can make some good distance. And as a team, we stopped spinning like we were spinning in the beginning. And as a team, we were heading down the river and keeping straight. As a team, one person was able to to look out and say, hey, shallow water, move to the right. As we went down the river, we probably went around 50 islands, like little islands. We had to determine right or left, right or left. And so they knew to say right or left. And I was the kind of the guy steering. And they would look ahead and recognize the shallow to the deep water. And we would go. And as a team, we made some progress. And some good things started happening. And we made our point, 150 kilometers down, down the river, ahead of schedule. And it's just, again, a picture that God says, pay attention, when my team works, things happen. And I recognize I can't do it alone. We're not supposed to do it alone. I don't want to do it alone. On that boat, I wanted a team. In, in the movement of Branches Vineyard Church, in the movement of God's family of his church across this nation, It needs to be people saying, I'm part of the team. I'm going to do it. So here's what I want to share. I want to share that in the Bible, we see some examples of teamwork. The first one we see, I think there's a slide up there. God said, let us make make man in our image. We see the introduction of the Trinity in that. A, A chapter later, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. He recognized it's not good for us to move alone. 
There's that verse in Ecclesiastes we've all heard where it's, you know, the, it's two are better than one. You know, if, if one lays down and he'll freeze or whatever, two can keep warm. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Paul, in most of his books, his letters in the Bible, he writes about us being a part of the body of Christ. There's this theme that we're not supposed to do it alone and that everybody plays a part. So here's, here's a scripture I want to look at this morning. If you have your Bible, it's Ephesians 4. If not, it'll be on there. And it says this. It says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord. Now this is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. And he says, I'm a prisoner for serving the Lord. I, I was watching something this week and the statement was made about Paul that before Paul met Jesus, Paul had a sweet deal going on. Sometimes Paul gets gets treated as the bad guy who was killing Christians. But Paul was, Paul was a zealot for his belief. And he was probably set up pretty good financially and status and everything. And he meets Jesus, and it was powerful enough for him to give that up and go live from town to town, prison to prison, beating to beating. And it was important to him. So this is, this is the setup of Paul. He says, I'm a prisoner for serving the Lord. Beg you to lead your life worthy of your calling. For you have all been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, One God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each one of us special gifts through the generosity of Christ. And so, just out of these verses, I pulled four encouragements that I see out of these verses to encourage us to be a team. The first encouragement I pulled came from verse 1, and it says that you are called to be a part of the team. Do you see that? Lead your life worthy of your calling. You have been called by God. Here's what that means. When you come to Jesus and say yes to Jesus as a follower of Christ, you join a team. And guess what? On God's team, everybody gets to play. On God's team, there's no bench warmers. And everybody is, is, is expected to row. Now, here's the thing I recognize. We have, sometimes we have to, as followers of Jesus, go on the injured reserve list. Do you know what this is? It means you're injured and you need some time to heal. And I recognize that. I want to be careful to say that I recognize that sometimes we just need time to sit and heal. But the purpose of that is to get healthy, to get back up on the team. Branches and vineyard seems to, you know, the vineyard nationwide seems to have this this heritage of being a, a movement where people could come in and just take a breath and get healed from, from abuse of ministry and abuse of churches and abuse of life. And, and it's, it's a great heritage we have to say, come and sit and just, just get better. But with all the intention that you get better and you get moving, not that you stay on the bench. So, so, so here, here's the first encouragement. You're called to be on the team. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you're on God's team. And you get to play. And, and if you're here at Branches, you're expected to play. We want you to play. 
So that's the first one. You're on, you're on a team. The second is a team works through its issues together and it doesn't bail out. You see that in the next, next three verses where, where Paul's saying, you know, be patient with each other. Be humble. Make allowances for each other's faults. You know, when you join God's team and then you decide on whatever church, whatever body you're going to, you know, local body of God's family that you're going to attach yourself to, when you decide that, you decide to be on the team and to be with all the messed up people around you. And we're all messed up. And we don't do things right. And we offend each other. And we say things that are harsh because we don't think. I'm talking about myself here. And, and, and we, we just have to get to where we love each other. And we say, it's okay that you offended me because I know we're teammates and I know that we're marching in this same direction. And so, so it's easy in our culture, in our church culture, to get offended by some, somebody somebody said in our church or don't like necessarily what the pastor said and to pack up and just go find another team to join. And you just become a free agent and you float around from team to team and say, I'm, I'm just going to do this one. I'm going to be on this one. And as soon as I don't like what's going on, I'm, I'm going to go on this one. I think we've all been maybe a little bit guilty of that in some part. But Paul's writing this, and my assumption for him writing this is that he recognized they were, they were struggling interpersonally. And he said, hey, just get along and keep moving forward. And, and work out your differences and understand your purpose and get going. Because don't let this stuff weigh you down from moving in the direction that you know you need to be moving. So, so that's, the, that's the second one. A team works together through its issues and it doesn't bail out. Here's a third one. A team has the same purpose. I was watching this show called Hard Knocks this week. It's, um, it's an NFL like preseason. Um, they take one NFL team and, and show you all their preseason game or practices and stuff like this. And this, this year's Hard Knocks is on the Cleveland Browns. If you ever watched football, the Cleveland Browns won zero games last year, which is amazing. And uh, as you're watching, it was the very first episode. Is anybody a Cleveland Browns fan in here? Aaron, you are, huh? You're from Ohio. You're from there, yeah. Sorry, bud. (laughs) But in that, they were, you know, they were huddling at the end of practice, hands up, and they all, they all like said, we're going to win the championship this year. And then they, you know, a go team as they dismissed. They all knew what their vision was. They all knew where they wanted to go, and because they knew where they wanted to go, they they were able to they they're able to recognize we're going there, and as a team we're going to go there. If you're if you're if you don't know where we're going, this is where we're going. And so, as a church, we say that we want to be a church that loves God first and foremost. We say we want to be a church that loves people. We want we say we want to be a church that makes disciples, that sees people come into relationship with God. So as, as branches, if you don't know where we're going, that's, that's where we're going. And it ties in because Paul shares with us in, in chapter 3 God's plan. It's not a secret. Here's what, here's what Paul says in chapter 3 of Ephesians, just one chapter back. He says, both Gen- and this is God's plan, both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches, riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promises and blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, 
I have been given the privilege of serving him and spreading this good news. So in these verses, here's, we see God's plan for followers of God, and it's a two-part plan. The first part is that we enjoy everything about God that he has to offer us. That we were created to have intimate relationship with God in our day-to-day life. And, and, and we have been given an inheritance for us to enjoy. Now, sometimes we sell ourselves short and we say, that inheritance equals eternal life when I die. But that inheritance is for us as we walk through this world today. That inheritance is the Holy Spirit in us that gives us peace in the midst of the chaos of what's taking place in our world. That inheritance gives us freedom over the bondage of slavery that we, that we were under before we came into relationship with God. That inheritance gives us the ability to have one-on-one communication with God in an intimate relationship with our Father. That's God's plan. To send Jesus to restore what he had created that was lost through sin. That's the first part. The second part of God's plan is that we share this good news with other people. It's kind of that simple. We make it hard, but that's it. Love God Love others so that they'll come and know Jesus. And Paul says, I get to share this good news with other people. If you're on the team, you understand where we're going. Where we're going is to enjoy God, and where we're going is to encourage and love other people into that same relationship. There's plenty to go around. We don't have to hoard it to ourselves. We don't have to keep it as a secret. We get to share it. That's, our, that's, that's a teammate knows the purpose of the team. And then the last one that I see in this, and it's verse 7. It says, each team member has a position. Each team member has a position. So just to remind you of verse 7, it says this. However, he has given each one of us special gifts through the generosity of Christ. The little guy, Daniel, that was um, rowing, I watched him develop his rowing ability in four or five days. He, he, He stepped onto a boat just eager to be a part of the of this team moving this raft down this river. But he developed his ability as we moved along. And, and what, I, what I wonder is, as followers of Jesus, if oftentimes we don't, we don't understand the gifting that God has given us. We've not discovered it. We've not sought it out. We've not, we've not figured out, hey, God has given you a gift of hospitality. Use that. And I think what happens is because we don't understand our gifting or our position, we put ourselves in other positions and we find ourselves frustrated. When I sat on the front of that boat and we started rowing in circles, I kept thinking, why are we rowing in circles? And then I realized, it's me. I'm in the wrong position. I'm weighing this boat down in this corner and it's shifting and going all over the place. And so I I just wonder and I want to encourage you that if, if when you hear this about understanding your position and knowing the gifting that God's given to you, if you can't pinpoint, yeah, God's, God's given me this gift of, if you don't know that, we have ways to help you discover that. Simple ways. That might be step one of saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be productive as a team member at Branches Vineyard Church. I'm going to understand what my gifting is. Come talk to me. I can email, email you the, the process that starts to pinpoint what your giftings are. It's simple. And so these are the, these are the four things I find in, in this scripture. Is that everybody's called to be a part of the team. Are they up there? 
Team works through issues and doesn't bail out. Team has the same purpose, and each team member has a position. So here's the, here's the heart check. Here's the, where you take evaluation of where you're at and be honest with yourself. Remember the three types of people that I explained that were on the raft? Those that were digging in, rowing, and ready to go. Those that were trying to discover how to be a part of the team and figure out their position. And then those that were sitting, watching the trees go by, expecting everybody else to do the work. The heart check, the, the challenge, the, the, the encouragement is for you to say and be honest, like, which one are you? And then to be honest with yourself about what adjustments you need to make. And that's the message today. So here's some practical tips for you to take home with you. The first tip is, is if, you're, if you call Jesus your Savior, if you're a follower of Jesus, you need to commit to being part of a team. And the way we operate in America is our teams are broken up into local churches, local bodies. And so, you know, we're, we're part of the big, great family of God. We come here to this building and worship God as a family, local family here on Sundays. And, and so if you're going to be a part of the team, you have to commit to being a part of a team. And so I think this is a great team. I think we have a great team here. But I, I recognize that we don't, some people don't like our team. They don't like our colors. They don't like our flavor. And so I, I say this a lot. I'm very comfortable to say this. There's great churches in Warsaw. If this isn't your team, go find a great team and get involved and be a part of it. So that's the first one. Commit to being a part of a team. Understand your role. Understand your position. Understand your gifting. If you don't know that, talk. Come ask. That's what we're here for. That's what I'm here for. Simple. I don't know my gifting, Tom. I want to discover my gifting. I have an assessment that takes you an hour and, you, and it'll start to pinpoint and you can say, it'll start to show you, oh yeah, that makes sense about me. It's real easy. If you don't understand it, figure it out. Third, look, look for ways for your position to be played out. Look for ways to do your part. And then fourth, the toughest one is to stick it out when it gets hard. Stick it out. Would I walk in love? Understand that we're messed up. Understand that I'm going to offend you. Understand that we're going to say stupid stuff every week. Just walk it out, stick it out, and, and recognize it's okay. We're just people trying to, trying to walk this path towards Jesus. I think, I always love to say this, what if we committed to doing this? What would this next season at Branches look like? How would people be received differently next Sunday? How would your people that you have in your circle of life be treated differently if you made these adjustments and committed this? I'd be excited to see what takes place. Hopefully you will too. So why don't you stand with me? And we'll just uh, we'll close out with a song of worship and some ministry time. I hope this, this came across more as an encouragement, not, not like a poke. <laughs> I wanted it to be an encouragement. I felt like it was God saying, hey, come on, let's do this. We're going to finish with a song of worship, and then we have, we have what we call around here ministry time, and it's simply a time for you to ask somebody to join with you in what you're dealing with in life. And so if you need God or you want God, to be a part of something you're dealing with, whether it's whatever, whatever you're dealing with, 
we want to join with you and pray with you. And so we have people that will be up front here as the song ends. You'll see people moving up. And we just invite you to come up and meet one of these people and say, hey, I want, would you pray with me about whatever the situation is? And they'll pray with you. And then the rest of us, as the song ends, you'll be dismissed and we could go out into the, the hall. We'll leave this place just for a place of worship and, and for prayer. And we'll take our noise out, out there and just have fellowship. So, so Jesus, we, we, we just love you. And God, I know our commitment here at Branches is to, is to be living out the plan you have for us. Lord, it's to be loving you and understanding our place as sons and daughters of you and understanding our identity in you, understanding how much you love us and, and, and being in that intimate relationship, Lord. And God, we understand that our, your plan for us is to share with others this good news and this great inheritance that you give us. And we want to move in that direction, Lord, and it's not because one person's doing it or two people, it's because your entire body is functioning as one. And so, Lord, I, I just pray that through these words and through your, your, your verses of, of, of the Bible this morning, that it will cause us to reflect on where we're at, to be honest with ourselves, and to make adjustments. And God, we, we do this to bring glory to your name. We do this because we love you and we want to see others know you here in Warsaw. So God, move amongst us, convict us, encourage us, direct us as we submit to you. In Jesus' name, amen.